0: Hi everyone, I'm Yannicka Ritchie and this is Bricks to Bites, where we talk about the sometimes messy realities of taking on modern technologies and daring to go digital. Today on the podcast, I'm speaking with Rainy Weber and Laura Cividino of the Caria String Quartet, a Houston-based ensemble dedicated to performing string quartet repertoire, new and old from around the world. I loved talking with Rainy and Laura First of all, I've been curious about how musicians and other performance artists are adapting to not being able to perform in front of audiences. Also, it's striking to me how the experiences that Laura and Rainy share are so similar to my other guests this season. It just reminds me about how much we have in common as people, despite working in different professions, living in different countries, and having different areas of expertise. But before we dive into this conversation, I'm excited to share that this is the final episode of the first season of Bricks to Bites, and that we're already working on season two. COVID-19 is changing our relationship with technology and the pace at which that relationship is evolving. This means learning is more important than ever, and it's going digital. It also means it's going to be more than a little messy. That's why we're devoting Season 2 of Bricks to Bytes to sharing the real stories of people transforming traditional learning experiences into digital ones, and what it takes to be a good, maybe even great, learner in the digital age. Season 2 launches this January. I hope you'll join me. And now, let's meet Rainy and Laura. You'll hear Rainy speaking first. She plays the viola. Laura plays the
1: violin. This fall would have been the start of our third, or is the start of our third season. It's looking a lot different than our past seasons. We played together in various other settings before we formed Vicaria. The quartet is rounded out by Eugenio Cherimouche, who's our other violinist. And our cellist is Sonia Matasova. Sonia has been playing around the Houston area for many years. A string quartet is two violins, a viola and a cello. And this ensemble has been kind of standard as part of the classical music genre for a long time. It really became popular with the composer Joseph Haydn, who most people know.
2: Our aim as as a string quartet started with this mission of uh, bringing classical music in the community and creating community through chamber music experiences. One of the things that this pandemic brought to us was actually like the possibility of enlarge our horizons as far and opening the concept of community. So when we faced the pandemic and we started thinking, what can we do to keep on working and to let our message keep going? I think we were all excited about the idea of spreading the word beyond the boundaries of the state of Texas, or even just of Houston.
1: Prior to March, we did, yeah, we did in-person concerts in our, our second season, which was ended in March. We were following a model of doing the same program in different neighborhoods to bring that one program to a wide physical audience. Online, we really were only having little clips of things. We actually recorded our very first full-length video of a movement of a piece, and we actually recorded that The second Monday in March, kind of fortuitous that we had that one last recording session. Our first big online project we released in August, we realized, well, we really can reach a global audience. And one thing that's special, I think, about the Cario Quartet is that it's a very international group. Laura grew up in Italy. Eugene, our other violinist, he grew up in Moldova. Our cellist, Sonia, she grew up partly in Russia and partly in Canada. I'm the only one who grew up here, and I grew up mostly in Houston. So one of the things that we liked to celebrate is Houston and and our mission to bring this music to all these different parts of Houston because we want to celebrate how diverse Houston is and how it can bring people together from all over the world. Now going online, we bring Houston to the entire world rather than bringing the entire world to Houston. So it's been an interesting way to shift our perspective on that the shutdown in March.
0: Do you remember what happened and how
1: that felt? Actually, March 1st, I got married. I remember as we were on the plane flying to Albuquerque, I got the news that there was the first case of community spread discovered in California and we had some guests coming from California and I remember saying, "Should I be worried?" We got through the wedding, nobody got sick. We came home the next weekend, Eugene actually started to feel really sick. Our other violinist, and he had not been at the wedding, but he started to feel really sick. We were playing a gig together, world tour by the Eagles, or I guess a national tour. Saturday night, I came home from the Eagles concert and I had a fever. I t- called my doctor the next day and I, he told me I had to go get a COVID test. I immediately had to quarantine. And meanwhile, Eugene and his wife were really sick. The quartet was kind of locked down immediately. By the time I was out of my personal quarantine, the rest of the city and state had started to shut down.
0: Was there a moment where you got together as a group and said, okay, guys, this is going to be a while and we need to rethink what we're doing?
2: Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Already in April, we had to decide to cancel our concerts in May That was kind of a hint that we needed to rethink rethink stuff for the fall. In June, certain things started opening because our governor decided that the cases were going down enough. It lasted for two weeks, and then the cases started spiking again. Everything got even more closed up again. In April, we already discussed the possibility of maybe uh, concentrating our effort, maybe doing some recordings. We're still kind of debating what to do. It's not... um, is not as easy.
1: How did that feel? It was, it was very weird. <laughs> sad. Yeah, and it was, it was very sad. And not knowing when we could all be in the same room again was really difficult and just trying to say, well, how can we add something positive to the world right now? <laughs> that conversation led us to our first online project, which was the Meditations on Box series that we released in August
2: it's very different recording versus performing for a public
1: and recording our parts individually rather than right yeah without having
2: support because you're by yourself you're in the room and you're playing your part you don't really hear everything else and and it's very very different I don't know anybody that loves recording himself. We're also hypercritical about what we do, uh, that the idea of constantly recording ourselves is kind of a big problem, kind of an an emotional issue. It was a great way for us to feel still in contact with each other. Going through the process of recording, even though it's a very annoying one, a very self-discovering one, helped us feeling more connected to each other because at the end we knew we were going to do something together apart.
1: Before things locked down, we were spending between six and nine hours a week together. That's a lot of time to be making music with other people and being in the same room and having that kind of creative energy that only really happens when you're playing with somebody else to all of a sudden being isolated in your own house. And so you'd record and then you'd have to put it in the, into the program and some of us are more comfortable with audio software on our computers than others are. And so it's like, well, if we record and then trying to line up the parts or then just trying to like listen back and like, is that going to fit in with the parts that are already recorded or not? Or having somebody else sending it over to the rest of the quartet and then having them say, mm, I really like this, but I think you need to redo the, this part. It's a much different process than just being in the same room and being able to talk about things in real time. Sonia had done a little bit of video editing before, but not a ton. And I really had done zero before we started all of this. It's been a lot of learning, and we've had to kind of teach ourselves and deal with our limited budget by learning how to do everything that we wanted to do. It's definitely been a learning process, and I look forward to us getting better at all of the editing and better at recording so that we can keep improving our product. But it's been kind of fun to learn along the way.
0: Hi, it's Janneke. And I agree with Rainey that being able to talk about things in real time is essential, which is why I'll be hosting the first Bricks to Bytes live event on Thursday, November the 5th at 7pm Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be a small interactive session about building richer connections with family and friends over the holidays and through our long cold winter. And of course, we'll be talking about how to use modern tech to make that happen. There's still a few spots available. So if you want to join us, please visit orangegate.ca for more information and sign up. Now, let's get back to Rainy and Laura.
1: The idea behind the Meditations on Bach series is that each chorale is about a minute, at the most two minutes long. They're very, very short. As this pandemic was developing, we were also realizing that mental health is a really big issue that's been coming to the forefront. Even people who hadn't really struggled before were feeling the isolation and feeling the anxiety. And so we wanted to give people something that they could use to step out of that anxiety, step out of the middle of their day, and just have a few moments of beauty and reflection. That's what we called it meditations on Bach. We decided we'd release them in the middle of the day partly because we wanted people to have something in the middle of the day. If they wanted to step away, they could access this. And also that release time, it would let our audiences across the entire US and in Europe, this was all gonna be released during waking hours. Um, So if people wanted to watch the release right as it happened, they would be able to join in. And then of course, every video stayed up so you could tune in at any time. We included a list of mental health resources with every video. And we chose a work of art to pair with each chorale that we felt matched its character and its mood. So the video starts and you can see all four of us playing, and then it quickly fades to this piece of art for the majority of the chorale. And so you can just contemplate something, uh, make your own associations. We release those every day for two weeks. They're still available on our website, Facebook and YouTube.
0: What advice do you have for groups like yourselves, quartets or other musicians for how to start to take their performances virtual or build their community or stay connected to their community using the
1: modern technologies that allow us to do that now? It's so easy, especially as a musician, to be afraid of putting yourself out there online, especially before, This people weren't really constantly recording themselves and posting things, and because of quarantine, everybody has been because we all want that connection, we all miss having that audience, and we want to find some way that we can reach out to people with our music because that's what keeps us going. Usually, my biggest piece of advice is don't be afraid, people want to hear from you, they want to see what you're doing. It doesn't need to be perfect if you're really playing from your heart, and if you really are playing something that you care about, that's gonna come across. And there's gonna be people out there who wanna listen to you and who wanna support you and be there for you as a musician. It can be really scary to put yourself out there. Just experiment and you don't even have to release it to a wide audience, but just experiment. Send a video to your friend and say, hey, just thinking of you, or I was thinking about releasing this, what do you think? And um, I'm sure that you'll get good feedback from your friends.
2: For myself, what, what worked was doing some small projects with the idea of having fun, saying, well, this is not going to be perfect, but I want to challenge myself. I want to discover what's out there. What is this new technology going to give me and what are the possibilities? Until we try, we don't know how to exploit this new possibility we have. I actually did layered recording for my dad's birthday and I ended up playing like a piece for two violins and piano. And that that was like the funniest thing I've ever done. And yeah, it wasn't perfect. I'm aware of that, but it was a way to kind of explore that medium and see what, how it was gonna turn out. Have fun with stuff and try to figure it out. (laughs) It's like a new toy. If you don't spend time understanding it, then it's gonna be just thrown on the side and never used and so take some time and and play around with it by playing around with it we also get more comfortable using it maybe less scared putting yourself out there that's that's probably the only way we're gonna have to to communicate for a while and so if music and any other medium can be used to do that I think let's go ahead and do it
0: The magical, amazing thing you never thought would happen, but has come out of this move to digital. What, what's that for you?
2: Well, for me, definitely the fact of being able to share something I do with the people overseas. Even for my parents, has been great to be able to hear kind of live what I'm doing, although recorded. It's still something that they can enjoy and they can actually listen to rather than the concert that they can't be participating at. Uh, I got to engage with some friends that I haven't heard from for a long time and we got, we got to engage with people we didn't know. So I think this is the fascinating part of like technology. If we think about 10 years ago, we wouldn't be able to do this, talk, have a conversation. Now I can teach my classes. I can see my students. Like this was impossible to think in 10 years ago, 12 years ago. So we need to be grateful to technology and, and use it as a, as a useful tool as it is. So that brings the best of people out in the world. That's, that's what we need right now.
1: Yeah. And also amazing that we've been able to keep teaching our students through all of this and... Some of them do really, really well online. Some of them, it's kind of hit or miss, but especially over the summer, all of my students were practicing so much more. They've made so much progress. <laughs> that's been a really great silver lining is that even with virtual lessons, a lot of them have really, really blossomed and kind of come into their own. And I think started to use music as a way to have fun and to create something that's not digital when everything else in their lives is right now. And so that's been a really fun thing to watch through this jump into technology. If you could go
0: back and give the you of February 28, some advice, what would you tell her?
2: Well, to myself, get a good recording equipment already. (laughs) <laughs> it took me months to decide I was like okay finally now it's time I need to get more stuff uh yeah that that was something I you know hold off for for a long time and a uh, pandemic was a good time to get on it <laughs> I
1: think for me it would be oh, I don't know I guess I would tell Rainy of February 28th that it's okay to let go of your expectations of what you think this year is going to look like or what parts of your career make you feel the most valuable. And also that it's okay to let go of everything that you're spending your time on and reevaluate and kind of see what's really important to you and that it's okay to slow down and to find things that, you're really, that you really want to spend your time on. And those are the things that are going to keep you going when everything else falls away. Are you inspired to do something new?
2: We are planning on releasing soon a recording of Daniel Romaine, the um, quartet inspired by Rosa Parks. Daniel Romaine is African American composer. The piece is about Rosa Parks and fits the time and the sentiment in general that we have at the moment. Still recorded, each one in his own house. Definitely we have projects in our pockets that we want to release and they're going to be there soon.
0: I'm so looking forward to the Caria String Quartet's upcoming projects and season. If you want to find out more about those projects or chill out to the meditations on Bach, please visit cariaquartet.org. That's C-A-R-Y-A Quartet.org. As I mentioned, this is the Season 1 finale, and we're already busy with Season 2, Learning in the Digital Age. It's shaping up to be an awesome season, so look for it in January 2021. In the meantime, please check out some of our other episodes from Season 1, available wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions or you want to join the Bricks to Bites live event to learn to build richer connections with family and friends, please visit us at orangegate.ca. I'm Yana Ritchie. Thanks for listening and see you in January.